as unschoolers, as homeschoolers, we have our own seasons, don't we? We have back to school season. We sometimes have conference season. We have the holiday season where we're bumping into relatives that may put us on the spot. And we're in a season right now, the curriculum buying season. All of the groups, all of the lists, all of the park days are full of parents asking, what are you going to do for next year? Have you seen this math program or this language arts package? We've talked about being mere mortals when it comes to the marketing for all of this. The promises that your kids are going to love it. The colorful boxing with the happy kids and the relaxed moms or dads. And that's nothing compared to the pressure of that mom sitting next to you going on and on about how her kids don't know, I don't know, don't know times tables or how to diagram a sentence or the capital of Switzerland or the War of 1812. And they've found the solution, the package that will solve all of this. And then she turns to you. How about you? Do your kids know those things? And you both look down at your kid playing in the dirt, or swinging and singing at the top of their lungs in their own world. Mm. (laughs) So she lowers her voice. Aren't you worried about that? Aren't you going to do something about it? You're not one of those kinds of unschoolers, are you? The radical ones? Oh, let's see what that taps into, that you're not a good mom or dad, or you're not capable of teaching your kids, or your kids are not going to be successful in life, or you're throwing your hat in with the crazy people in this homeschooling community. That about covers it, right? (laughs) So let's spend this podcast talking about those trigger points so you can withstand the pressure of curriculum season. Before we dive in, I'm Sue Patterson, and this is the Unschooling Mom to Mom podcast. I used to say this was weekly, but it seems to not be. It's more like two or three times a month. I'm coming in here to give you an unschooling pep talk. If you're enjoying these, please leave a comment or a five-star review. It helps the podcast reach more people. And believe me, people need to hear that they don't have to stay in school, and they don't have to duplicate it if they bring their kids home. So my kids are grown. Two had birthdays a week ago. They're two days apart, one in California and one here in Texas. My oldest has his birthday in a couple of weeks. He left for a business trip to Mexico City a couple of days ago. And it's actually my husband's birthday today. He's off in the Davis Mountains doing his Jeremiah Johnson thing. If you've seen the movie, you'll know what I mean. No talking. (laughs) Maggie, the Border Collie, and I are home recording podcasts. So these kids, my young adults, they're who you really want to hear more about probably, right? So they're 29, 32, and about to be 34, all off doing their adult lives. And doors didn't close for them because of this unconventional approach. And they enjoyed their childhoods. So they also brought a different skill set into their adulthood. They have more confidence in their choices. Or even if they don't have the confidence, they're not afraid to make mistakes. They're not afraid to do something different from their peers. They embrace adventures. And all of that is because of this unconventional childhood they had and the way they were parented. 
And that's what I'm here to do, not show you how to copy what I did, but to encourage you about doing what fits your child, your home, your family rhythm. Unschooling is really about individualizing all of the learning. And the side benefit is you'll become the parent you want to be. You won't be able to avoid noticing what you might need to change or shore up. And maybe you'll see how you have some examples in your own life where you went a different way from others and it actually made you a better person, more tuned into your own strengths. I'll have to do another podcast about how parents can sometimes unschool themselves or see that that thread was weaving through their lives all along. So let me know in the comments if that sounds like something you want to hear more about. But for now, let's get back to the curriculum season and how to deal with it. Let's talk about the issues and what we can do about it. Something to remember, conformity is easy. It's constrictive, though. But you're not hacking your way through a jungle full of unknowns. And sometimes that's comforting until it's not, until your kid resists, until something in them says, this isn't really relevant, or I don't care about that, or I never see you using that as a grown-up. And they're right. A lot of it is kind of lame. You thought the same thing as a kid, but you pushed through because everyone said you had to. Now, here you are in charge, (laughs) deciding if all this conformity is really a good thing. Society gives lip service to the idea of being independent thinkers, but they don't really mean it. They don't want the kids going left when the parents say go right. Parents need to be the boss. The kids need to dutifully follow. That's how you know whether you get to wear the good parent badge, right? So sometimes it's important to look underneath everything. And our own feelings about conformity and even its cousin, people-pleasing, are pushing us in a direction that we might not really want. So conformity matters when we're dealing with curriculum season because we're considering not conforming with all those other parents that are all a buzz about the curriculum. Here are a few things to do that I have a ton more in the membership group. You're always welcome to join us there. I'm happy to help you with this. But the first thing to think about is to think about your own why. Why did school or the schoolish approach not fit your family? List out your reasons. Also list out your reasons why this interest-driven, relationship-focused approach is better. You don't have to convince the ladies at Park Day to do this, but when you're clear on your own reasoning, you're not as susceptible to their raised eyebrows. So the the second thing to do is to step away, not forever, maybe just for that conversation. Go push your kid on the swing. Go get something out of the car that you forgot. Then hop on your phone and pull up a bunch of inspiring memes at the Unschooling Mom to Mom Instagram account, or read something you've bookmarked at the blog, or listen to another Unschooling Mom to Mom podcast. So, next, let's look at some of those questions I mentioned at the beginning and see what to do about them. Like, you're not a good mom or dad. So, we do have stories in our heads that are actually sometimes not even rational about what a good mom or dad should be doing. We have to pull those out into the light and look. 
Good moms or dads have kids that can recite their times tables or perform on command or never argue or are super compliant. Good moms or dads are firmly in charge or benevolent dictators. So we have to examine these ideas through the lens of reality. What's true in your family? The other people that are in your family may not agree with that story in your head. I wanted to be sitting around doing art projects all the time, but my kids didn't. I wanted my kids to get along beautifully all the time, and they had other ideas about that too. So while no one wants to be a slacker parent or unparent, we need to get clear on what good parenting looks like in your home with your kids now, this week. So next Next idea is you're not capable of teaching your kids. Hmm. Does that mean you're not successful at making them jump through arbitrary hoops that some curriculum company in Dallas has decided all eight-year-olds must know? Maybe the problem isn't you. The problem is the teaching concept. Kids don't resist teaching when it's something they want to learn about. So getting to know your kids, figuring out what their learning styles are, understanding the rhythm of your family, these are all important pieces to your kids learning and growing. It really isn't about the quality of your teaching. It's not about the teaching at all. It's about the learning and creating the environment that's conducive to learning, filling your home with joy and connection. Sure, not every waking moment, but those goals are different than cranking out another chapter or checking the boxes in a unit that no one cares about. Which brings me to your kids are not going to be successful in life. So sure, focus on joy and connection. And where's the career path? How are they going to become competent adults if they think everything is easy? Hmm. This speaks to our mistaken ideas that learning has to be hard or that kids have to be prodded to do what's best for them. There are some worldviews in there that may need to be looked at and even dismantled. Unschoolers are partnering with their kids, helping them learn to navigate their lives. And sure, the focus is joy. What do you like to do? How do you want to live your life? And yes, younger kids are going to say, more Minecraft, more Legos. But that will change as they get older, when they're allowed to have choices and not having all their choices spoon-fed to them. They move in the direction of what success means to them, because it's different for all of us. If we grew up poor, it may have a lot to do with how much money they make, or maybe the opposite. We see that money doesn't make happiness. Success, like beauty, it's in the eye of the beholder. So the last one is that one about you're throwing your hat in with the crazy people in the homeschooling community. It's kind of funny to me. It circles back to that conformity part though, right? Don't step out of line or you'll be called from the herd, shamed, gossiped about an outlier. Well, that's a school or society way of keeping the wheels turning, even at the expense of the individual. So if you've heard bad things about unschooling, I have so much information for you at the unschoolingmomtomom.com website. I'll link a couple of resources about myths that circulate about it. 
And that term radical unschooling, it's not as scary as it sounds. It just means taking unschooling principles about learning and applying them to parenting, listening to the needs and the preferences of the kids, helping them learn how to navigate all this freedom, stepping out of the box. Truth is, your primary job as a parent is not to be winning the gold star from the other parents at Park Day or on Facebook, held up as some paragon of virtue, but it's to be an advocate for your child and their needs, supporting and loving them for who they are, meeting them where they are. Not that story in your head of some perfect child. That's La La Land. And it's not fair to you or to your kid. You have a real child standing in front of you, saying or showing you what they need. And your job is to protect the integrity of that relationship, yours and your child's, to not succumb to the homeschool parents' version of playground bullies. Tap into that love you have for your own child, and it will help you find the courage to do what's best for them. And maybe that's looking into unschooling and getting the support you need for doing such an outlandish thing. Okay, that's it from me for this podcast. And like I said, I have a lot of resources to help you. I'll put them in the show notes, membership groups where you can get more support, courses to help you understand how unschooling works. Click subscribe, leave a comment. Let's connect. So until next time, enjoy your kids. Happy unschooling.